Well, good morning once again. If I missed you earlier, my name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at Downtown Community, and today we are continuing a series called You're Not the Boss of Me, and we're just engaging things that happen in our own heart as we want to pursue our lives, as we, uh, we want to, to grow professionally or relationally or financially, whatever it may be. And as you, you train to do that or you, know, you read about things or you try to grow, one of the things that we almost always overlook is, is our heart. And a culture and everything around us says, just follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your heart. But, but that actually will get you in trouble if you're not careful. And so we're learning to look inward to help us to, to address things that are going on inside of us because they eventually make their way outside uh, into the open world. And that many times is what leads to problems in your life more than anything else. And uh, just, I was, I'm going to tell a story about road rage this morning. It was just funny watching this video and I was like, man, uh, where's the person that's going to hit me that's like, man, I just want to see if you're okay. You're like, that's such a unique experience uh, for the person that hits you to be like, man, are you all right? You're like, you know, so um, anyway, around here, if you've lived in New York City enough or just watch, uh, there's a little bit of road rage. <laughs> I don't know if you experienced that or not. And for those of you who know some of my story, uh, a while back, I worked for a coffee roaster, and we had clients all over the city. And so my first week in the job was just riding along with this guy. Uh, he would show me every place that we, they had, and there's tons of places all over all five boroughs and the greater New York City area. And we were just, I was just riding along with this guy all across New York. And, uh, and then out of nowhere, we'd be just having a conversation or doing whatever as we sat, sat in traffic, as you do a lot. And he would just all of a sudden just, just, out of, just go for it, cursing and yelling at some driver in front of him that pulled in front of him or hit their brakes too hard or I don't know, whatever it was. As you, and just unhinged, just screaming and yelling, like stuff that maybe you would do only on your own. Uh, but I'm like right next to him and I'm like, I'm here, like, right, like he's just, I was, and it's just like, whoa. And then I was like, I cannot wait for this week to be over. <laughs> and then I just do this on my own. Uh, but usually we monitor our behavior and we don't let the out world, outside world see. Um, but, the, but anger and kind of rage eventually leaks. And so we see this happened with road rage. And it was funny, if you actually researched it, which nobody really does, but I, just in case, here you go. Here's a definition for road rage. Ready? Uh, aggressive or angry behavior exhibited by a driver. Behaviors include rude and offensive gestures. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that happens. Uh, verbal insults, physical threats, or dangerous driving methods targeted towards another driver or pedestrian in an effort to intimidate or release frustration. That's an ex excellent definition of road rage. Like, that's pretty good. Um, I love that last part. It's like release frustration. I think it's a pretty key phrase. And if, if, like apparently there's been studies done and all these things, and it's usually directed at total strangers. It's kind of like online chat rooms, right? <laughs> um, uh, according to one study, people who customize their cars with stickers and other, other things are more prone to road rage. I found that kind of interesting, and it, it's only the number of bumper stickers and stickers and everything else, not the content. The content doesn't matter. It's just the, the amount. Uh, but I don't know if I agree with that, because I've seen plenty of non-bumper sticker cars do some insane things. And if you live in the city long enough, you're just going to see it. Like, I've seen people jump out of cars and punch pedestrians, other things like, I mean, just, 
like just crazy stuff happens. There's just, just a lot of pent-up anger and frustration. And so while a percentage of us probably have seen that, or I don't know, all of you probably experienced that. Uh, maybe you've participated in that. Like actually, a couple years down the road working for that company, I found myself sitting in traffic on the Lower East Side, and it was one of those deals where everybody's in a standstill, and you, can't, you cannot move. Like people are trying to come off side streets, it's just stuck. And all of a sudden, a taxi cab driver behind me bumps me. And it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I, and I leaned my head out the window, no joke, and it was like, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> and I was like, can you not go any further? Like who? And then I was like, what am I doing? I just stuck my head out the window and yelled at this taxi cab driver. So anyway, at some point, like something gets to you and, and something comes out whether it's internal, external, and you just feel this anger. But we don't call it anger. We don't call it rage. <laughs> we call it frustration. We call it frustration. I'm just frustrated. You know, we, we feel that something's wrong out there, and I'm just responding to it. You know, like, it's not me. I'm not angry. I'm just, this thing happened, and I'm frustrated. But frustration is actually anger. It's anger. And, and if you're wondering, like, you know, the difference between the two, maybe you can think about it. If you just want to think about that, I'll just do a ser quick series recap. So that you're not the boss of me. Uh, we've been talking about the inward emotions that will eventually come out outwardly. And so we began with guilt, uh, struggling with guilt and fear and how that impacts us so many different ways. And then we, last week we talked about envy and the power that envy has to be your boss. And when these emotions take over, they begin to run you. And we're learning to look at them and address these things. And Jesus is really the source of all of this. And he began to show us the truth. And we, we look at Jesus' words and we know that his words have life because of his death and his resurrection, showing that he's the son of God. And so it's amazing to look at what he says about us. And then the others who walked with him and around Jesus unpack these truths for us. And so the foundational scripture for us in this series is this, Matthew, found in Matthew 15. And Jesus is speaking to a group of people that were concerned about everything that you did outwardly to try to make your life be good. And Jesus is like, no, you need to look inward. He said, he says, the things that come out of a person's mouth, what you say, your actions, what slips out, he says, comes from the heart. And this is what defiles you. This is what puts you at odds with God. This is what puts you in trouble with other people around you. It's what you say. He says, for out of the heart, here are the things that come out of you and me. Come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. All right, okay. So in this series, we're learning to monitor and pay attention to our hearts, what we say, and our emotions. Because when our emotions run us, become the boss, that's when things begin to get out of control. And so today, obviously, we're going to begin to talk about anger. <laughs> anger. And here's the thing about anger. Nobody wants anger to be your boss. Nobody wants anger to be running your life. You, you don't want anger running your life, right? You're saying different things. And then those around you, those around the people closest to you, they definitely don't want anger being the boss of you, right? We've all been on the other side of that. 
we've seen this happen to us. And so, you know, we, we typically associate it with extroverted anger. So there's, there's a couple of different ones, but one is you know, there's extroverted anger. And this isn't just a temper blowing over or saying something out loud. Uh, you cannot raise your voice, but you, you're, you know, some of you are amazing at this, by the way. Just the, the no words, the cold stare. Like you never, you never may raise your voice or lose your temper, but you're still scary, right? Like your moodiness, uh, the silent treatment. There's different things that we've all learned to do that are pretty scary and like show anger in different ways. And so we know just because we've been on the other side of this or we've just seen it leak. So anger is something that just leaks out even as much as you try to, you know, control your behavior. Uh, we all know that it's just a bad boss. But then there's also like crusader anger. I've heard it said this way. It's kind of a weird way to say it, but like a right, righteous anger where there are actual literal problems in this world, people being hurt, and, and we want to stand up for those that cannot stand up for themselves. And so this is one of the reasons why we, we love and we, we, you know, we revere Martin Luther King Jr. so much because of how he stood up uh, for justice, things of justice. And we looked at the civil rights movement and other different things like that. Um, and it was really, if you look at it, we would say that was fueled out of love. And he's an amazing person. If you ever read any of his speeches or his letters, like you'll see, like if you ever read, just read portions of his letters from a Birmingham jail, it's, it's unbelievable. And he's writing on these essentially pastors, calling them out for what they are not doing. And it's, it's this righteous anger saying, this isn't right, and we want to stand up for injustice. And so that's looking at what other people are not having. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But then there's things that impact you and I, where we're like, I'm not getting what I deserve. And it fuels an anger in us that just eats away at our heart. And it's destructive, not only for you, but others around you in your Life. And so what I want us to do as we engage uh, this important part of our, of our lives and our hearts is look at this amazing passage from James. James is one of the disciples who's very close with Jesus. And he was one of the early leaders of the church in Jerusalem when it began uh, to happen after Jesus' resurrection. And he helps us understand this in a very profound way. And I, and I think it's incredible uh, that, you know, psychology thousands of years later has now begun to caught up with this as well. But here's what he says. This is found in James 3, starting in verse 13. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? And it's almost like he would stand up and say, Who do you know in your life that's just full of incredible wisdom and understanding? Who is that? What does that person look like? Who is wise and understanding among you? He says, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Someone who leads with strength. Humility is really a place of patience and strength. And as you can see right here, wisdom. You know, it doesn't take anything to be arrogant or prideful. That's just kind of the natural gravitational pull that you know, leads us to a place of incredible pride and everything else that comes with that. But humility is something that is learned. It comes from wisdom. Arrogance doesn't make any sense. It's just simply irrational. 
Humility is powerful, but it's not natural to us. It's something that we have to pursue. And I think it's such a great picture here. He's like, he says, humility, humility comes from wisdom. And he says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, so this is the stuff that lives down deep inside of us, unaddressed, that's eventually going to be a problem and leak out. So if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition, he says, do not boast about it or deny the truth. We've seen this, right? Like, like people boast about all these different things of, uh, you know, their anger towards someone else. But he's like, don't get stuck or just satisfied. And I think this one a lot of us tend towards, trend towards is, is he's, just, he's basically saying to us, don't pretend to be fine. And that's what James is saying. He's like, don't deny the truth. Don't just act like everything's okay. Don't ignore this thing that keeps coming up in you. He's like, God has called you to something better. And he's like, he's calling you towards life. He says this, he says, for where you have envy and where you have selfish ambition, he says, there you will find disorder in every evil practice. Like, oh, wow, like that escalated quickly. He's like, this is so important. This is so impactful in your life that when you let these things sit there in harbor, it's leading you to a disorder, to chaos and every evil practice. All the hateful things we see coming out in our world and, and you know, all these destructive actions that you see happening around you. Or you, have, you can just look to your own life, for examples, of just friends and family members, coworkers, bosses, whatever it may be. It's coming from these things rooted deep in our hearts. And so he just kind of asks this question. He continues here. He goes, what causes fights? Where's all this hostility and conflict coming from? He's like, what causes fights and quarrels among you? He's like, just think about that a little bit. He says, don't they come from your desires, the battle within you? To which we actually be like, no. If you're honest in this situation, we're like, no, 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 no. The, the fights, the quarrels of my life are not coming from me. They're coming from this person, right? We say that. We say, this is, this is not my problem. This is my mom. This is my dad. She's the one who called me and said, did you hear about... Right, right, and then it's like, well, this person or my husband or my teenage son or daughter or your two-year-old, you know, like, like, this is what's causing these fights. This thing happened, and now I'm responding. I didn't ask for this. And James is like, no, don't they come from your desires, the battle within you? And James understands this deeply. And this is actually a profound, life-changing insight for us to understand where the anger is coming from. And this all goes back to Jesus' teaching. As long as you and I, as long as we think that it's a who, that it's whatever's happened out here, you'll never get to the, the real what. Well, you and I will never get to the real root of the problem. When I look at it and I say, I'm just tired, and I accidentally, ah, see, I just said it all that. When I, I, I love this. When I snap at my kids, and I just said accident, it's just so rooted in that what we say, right? When I, you know, I'm short-tempered with my kids. Oh, why did you do that? You know, 
Now that's coming from somewhere in me. Whenever these things happen in our lives, in any relationship, if we begin to understand that our response, anger that's coming out of us, it's coming from within us. If we only look at the outside thing, we'll never get to the root of it. So let's read this verse again. He says, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? There's something going on in you. And the answer is yes, they do. Every single time we fight and we quarrel, not because we're, you know, what's happening there, because we're not getting what we want. We're not getting what we think should be there. And you would say, well, wait a minute, but, but I earned it. I did this. Like, I deserve to have this. You, you're probably right. You, you, you're not getting what you earned. You're not getting what you want. You want that recognition. Or you say, but they promised. They said they would do this. And that's, you'd be, yep, yep, they promised. You're not getting what you promised. You're not getting what? What you want, right? Or you'd be like, what they did wasn't fair. Or they lied. Yeah, you, you weren't treated fairly. You wanted to be treated fairly. You want to be told the truth, but that didn't happen. You're not getting what you want. We can't control a lot of times what's happening to us, but we can look and begin to understand what happens in us. And we need to learn to identify this. And this is a hard one to do because anger can be a pretty powerful emotion. But we have to be able to recognize that part of the problem is me. Part of the problem is mine. And that actually can be liberating for you. And we really begin to understand this deeply. And James says, you need to understand how important this is. So he continues here. He says, you want. He says, you want, but you don't have. So you scheme and you kill to get it. So someone wasn't fair to you. Someone lied to you. Someone betrayed you. A friend said something about you to someone else that wasn't true. And that is what's going to send you into chaos because you've got to address that. You've got to say, no, 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 no. This isn't happening, and you've got to try to put out, and it just, it just throws you into anger, into chaos, and we actually just make things worse. Says we've got to have this happen, whatever it may be. So it says we scheme and we kill to get it. Sometimes it's completely selfish. You just want the attention, and you'll do everything you can. You're jealous, James says here. He pulls no punches, by the way. He says, you are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Wow. The source of our anger, anger is it's not the out there. It's in here. And you may not believe me, but when you find yourself in these moments, if we can learn to trust this truth and look inward first, it will change how we respond. We, we aren't getting our way. I'm not getting what I want. Whatever it may be. I wanted peace. I wanted to be by myself. And then 
I have a lot of kids. So a lot of kids come running in the room, right? And they're, they're bringing their own little chaos. And I, a lot of times I don't get to choose that. I'm not getting what I want. I'm like, well, can you just, just leave the room, please? Or, you know, something like that could happen. You would say, you would never say that to your kids. It happens. If you're a parent, it happens. Even if you don't say it out loud, it builds up. I'm not getting what I want. Ultimately, our response is there. And why is this important? Because if you listen to what James said earlier, he says, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish envy in your heart, he says, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. If we chase that emotion, it's an appetite. And you will actually never be filled. It will never solve whatever it is. And anger will just grow. Anger will just grow. It will become the root of your fights and your quarrels. You will have the rational mind to actually engage the conversation in a way that can be helpful. And this is, I would say, out of all these, maybe this is just for me, but, but one that is incredibly difficult. But that's where the person that is wise that can come in and be patient to say, okay, this person lied against me. Well, eventually that will lead to their destruction. And we can learn to, to, to change our response. And we learn to begin to engage it differently. So should you be upset? Sometimes, yeah. But when you own your part of the equation, it can change the response. And many times you'll find that it changes the situation entirely. And so how do we do this? What does this actually look like? How do we begin to walk away from anger? Well, we need Christ's example for us. And what anger is actually saying, and I, and I meant to put this on the screen, but what anger says is, you owe me. You owe me. Something happened against you, or you perceive it, and your emotions get in the way, and you can't actually see the truth. But what we are actually saying is, you, whoever's hurt you, owe me. And there's a good chance that somebody has actually hurt you. Somebody may have betrayed you. But sometimes it's just out of selflessness. Or it can happen all in one week in many different ways. But what we are saying is, you owe me. And so how do we learn to walk away from that? It's forgiveness. The cure to anger is forgiveness. It's the words, I forgive you. I forgive you. And if you've got a situation going on in your life right now, that, that makes you just cringe. <laughs> How could you ever do that? Well, the only way that we really can forgive is because of who Christ is. His example for us. Paul helped us understand this. In Philippians, Philippians 2, he says, in your relationships with others, you must have the same mindset that Christ Jesus had. Well, what is that? Jesus is our example of this. It says, who being in the very nature, God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Like he was... God, on the right side of his throne, the Son of God, deserved all the glory in heaven. He could have lorded that over us. 
been like, look at all these awful things you're doing. No, instead, it says, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. He came down and humbled himself and actually took the punishment that we deserved on himself so that we could be forgiven. And it's because of the forgiveness that we receive from God because of Jesus' death and resurrection that gives us the strength and the power to forgive others. And we walk away from the destructiveness that anger can bring from our lives. And we can say this just about, about anyone, right? Whether, whether it be envy, I forgive you, whatever, somebody's done something wrong against you, we say, I forgive you. Even if the person doesn't actually confess, we let go of that power. Because as soon as we embrace whatever it is and we give in to anger, we're feeding that beast and anger becomes the boss of you. We forgive because Christ gave us and it releases the control and it actually releases the control that the other person has on you and you never even knew it. And we can give them to God. And then maybe we can actually make peace. And that always, that sometimes always can't happen. I've reached out to people in my life that have hurt me, that have made me angry, that have done things, they've lied about me, and out of the pursuing others, I said, well, if I have wronged you, I'm sorry. And I've been the first to reach out to them. And that's not what I wanted to do. I had a situation like that years ago. And, and leaders and elders in my life said, you need to reach out first. And I had the response, but, but this, but this, but this. And it's like, well, what has Christ asked us to do? Wisdom and humility says, I can let that go. And they never responded. I went open to the door for reconciliation, and it just exposed the hearts of that situation, that they just wanted to be angry and have power. And it showed me the power, control, the anger, and hurt can have on us. And God is wanting us to let it go. And the beauty is Christ has promised justice on our behalf. So anger doesn't have to, have to be the boss of you or me. We don't say, you owe me. We say, I forgive you. The cure for anger is forgiveness. And we need God's help, and we need others. This is not an easy one to do. But we want to make sure that anger is not the boss of us. And this is what will impact you to have greater relationships, a better work environment, and a better time on your own, financial decisions, everything. Let's trust Christ's instructions for us and pursue him in this way. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your love for us, your pursuit of us, that allow us to find peace in our own hearts. Many times we don't know where, where these stresses are coming from, and you are helping us. I pray today that we would not be afraid to look inward, because it's so easy to be condemned by us, by those things, Father. I pray today that we'd be willing to say, this is me, but you've come to take the condemnation from that so that I can be set free. I pray that we would know the freedom of what it means to forgive today. Give us the strength, Father. May we experience your forgiveness so we can forgive others. 
I pray for those that are here this morning that, that are struggling with letting go of bitterness and envy and anger and selfishness that just wreck our hearts. God, I know that some of us have been hurt today. And I just say that I'm so sorry, God, that they've experienced that hurt. I pray that you give them the strength to let it go to you, knowing that you understand and you know. That it would not be the boss of them anymore. Maybe, maybe we need to ask forgiveness from someone else today to release them from that. Father, we thank you for these words. I pray that we would have the strength to take these steps. Our world needs a people that can love this way. We thank you and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.